2: This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on Send, the Sports Betting Network.
3: What a weekend it was in the football world over. The, I mean, I'm still sick stick to my stomach a little bit, sweating out some of those nail biters. But we'll get to a lot of that on the show as we welcome you into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Stormy Bonantoni, live from Las Vegas at our Circa studio here. And... We've got a lot to get to covering, like I said, so many action-packed games over the weekend. So, Jamie Vaccaro down at the South Point is going to join us to give us the bookmaker's perspective. We'll also have Michael Lombardi on here, former NFL GM host of the Lombardi Line, to yell at me plenty while also breaking down a number of games and giving his pick for the Monday night football action ahead tonight. Packers and Lions going at it and Steve Buchanan of DraftKings will give us some of the best prop options in that game but before we get to our handy dandy guests we got to get to our top five stories that you need to know that impact betters number one I mean of course how could you not I said it the Ravens upset the Chiefs on Sunday night football a three-point home dogs to Kansas City they win it straight up 36-35 soars over the total 54 and a half and This is a significant win for Baltimore like not only do they avoid that 0-2 hole but they beat a team that we've all felt is a legit Super Bowl contender and like the books think it as well they're plus 450 to win it all this year just situationally the Ravens a team dealing with key injuries coming off a crushing loss to the Raiders on Monday night emotional short week travel had a really slow start to the game also had to rally in the fourth quarter down 11. And then what seals it is a great play call and execution from head coach and quarterback John Harbaugh screaming over to Lamar Jackson, do you want to go for it? And he says, hell yes. He told us that after the game, you did not want to give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes in that situation. Instead, give it to your MVP. He gets the yard and then some, what what a win. Jackson beats the Chiefs for the first time in his career, and eclipses 200 pass yards and 100 rushing yards for the fourth time in his career, which breaks a tie with Russell Wilson and Cam Newton for the most ever in NFL history. Really, really good stuff. And, like, we all know that the Chiefs' offense can't be contained, but will their defense be their downfall? That's something I want to make sure that we talk to Michael Lombardi with later on here in the show. Number two, quarterbacks were dropping like flies yesterday during a 40-minute span. We saw three of them go down. Four couldn't finish their games, and now five of them we have question marks as of today. Tua Tonga-Vailoa, Andy Dalton, Terod Taylor, Carson Wentz, and now moments ago we learned Derek Carr included in that list. So let's start there with the Raiders quarterback. Uh, Adam Schefter posting that Carr underwent an MRI today, and John Gruden said he's going to be questionable for Sunday against the Dolphins. Quote, I think he's going to be able to play. That's John Gruden, his head coach. Raiders upsetting the Steelers with a great win on Sunday, 26-26. The 16, a nine-point win as six-and-a-half-point dogs to Pittsburgh. He hurt his ankle during the game and said post-game that it felt very similar. to It's the same ankle that he broke, mind you, in 2016, and said that it felt very similar to that. But he told himself, I don't want to go down this way. Ultimately finishes the game and in stellar fashion. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to see. Hopefully he is okay. If he can't go, Nathan Peterman would have to be the guy with Marcus Mariota out with an injury. Tua left early in the first quarter of the Dolphins' shutout loss to the Bills, 35-0 with a rib injury. Brian Flores says he's day-to-day, sacked twice in just his opening nine snap. Initial x-rays were negative, had more tests this morning, so he's available for week three, it looks like, will be determined by pain, tolerance, and functionality moving forward. His backup, Jacoby Brissett. Dolphins head here to Vegas as four-point dogs on Sunday. Another one, Bears' Andy Dalton. Uh, left in the second quarter with a knee injury. Matt Nagy confirmed this morning it's not an ACL tear. It looks like it is a bone bruise in the knee, which is an injury that can cause players to miss time. Um, He was asked a couple of times if Andy Dalton would be the starter if healthy, which he avoided the question as much as possible early on. And then after his press conference was over, had his PR team come back and say per Matt Nagy, Andy Dalton will be the starter if he is healthy. So... Justin Fields did have limited action, nothing really that stellar, which is to be understandable if you come in as a second-string guy getting second-string reps throughout the week. He was intercepted, sacked twice, 60 yards through the air, 31 on the ground. Um, But people, as we know, are very high on him. This could be a situation where Matt Nagy's hand is ultimately forced if he can't go. Bears play in the Browns this coming week as 7.5-point road dogs. For Terod Taylor of the Texans, hamstring didn't play all the second half in the 31-21 loss to the Browns. And before he went out, he was doing great. 10 of 11, 125 yards, a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown. The rushing TD is ultimately, though, what caused the injury. David pulley saying this morning he's getting an MRI and his status is day-to-day until they know more. Reports not looking particularly likely, though, that he'll be available Thursday night against the Panthers. Panthers laying seven and a half at BetMGM. Rookie Davis Mills, his backup, came in in relief. Um, also confirmed, though, from their coach that Deshaun Watson will not be active. Still dealing through those accusations. And the last one here, Colts quarterback Carson Wentz with an ankle left in the fourth quarter of their really tight loss to the Rams. An awkward hit from Aaron Donald. Ian Rappaport reported this morning that he sprained both of his ankles. I, You know, you don't hear that every day. But uh, tests will be done today to see the severity of his sprains. Frank Reich said it's too early to tell his availability for Sunday, so we'll keep you updated on all of these as we go. But Colts are plus five at the Tennessee Titans this weekend. Titans coming off that massive overtime upset against Seattle. Uh, But put this man in bubble wrap already. I, I feel terrible, but the biggest trend of his career has essentially been injuries. And now we just have to see how do these injuries impact the chain of events, right? That could happen. Nick Foles is always out there. Um, we said Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton unsigned. We'll have to see if they end up updating those odds. They're off the board right now at DraftKings for Cam Newton's next team. We'll have to see. Number three. This is crazy. Okay. A BetMGM customer did a 16-leg parlay. $25 to win $726,959. Has 15 Right all money line wagers on every single game that we saw uh in the nfl from thursday through sunday night and now all they're waiting for lions plus the lions you that's what you need as your final leg of this mega parlay but hey maybe this person knows better than we do to be able to nail all of those wow yeah it's gonna be a rough one tonight i i would imagine just because everybody's believing in aaron Rodgers, the packers In that bounce back spot, Rogers 6-0 as a career starter following a loss under Matt LaFleur since 2019 and the Packers have won four straight against Detroit. I mean, how much are you hedging on this, right? Like everything you've got, you have to. Everything you have. Okay, number four today, there's a new Heisman favorite in the clubhouse after this weekend's action. Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral at plus 200 moves ahead of Bryce Jones and Spencer Rattler moves down. Um, One of the power five leaders, though, 14 touchdowns scored in three games. Undefeated team offense clicking on all cylinders. This guy had seven total touchdowns against Tulane Saturday in a 40-point win. First player in NCAA history with three passing TDs and four rushing touchdowns in the same game. And he did it in three quarters. Tied an SEC record as well with 37 first downs in that game. Lane Kiffin likes likes to, to keep his foot on the gas during games. So I could see Matt Corral... Just building and piling on that stat line as the season goes. Spencer Rattler, as I said, his odds took a little bit of a hit after a so-so off day and a narrow win against Nebraska. And Clemson's DJ Uyungle and Miami's Derek King falling off the board. Disappointing starts for those two. Number five, speaking of college, what college stuff is Urban Meyer up to now? After dropping consecutive games for the first time in his head coaching career since 2010 with Florida, he had a message. For fans. He said, hang in there with us. We're going to get better. The one thing about Jacksonville and 904, go to sleep knowing there's not gonna be any group working harder to get this thing flipped. It's literally week two of a rebuild from a one in 15 team a year ago. There's already a letter from the head coach to fans. Come on, guys. This feels this feels so college to me. And honestly, and maybe it's just because I work in the college space as much as I do and I have. The Arizona Wildcats on my brain right now. And Jed Fish, obviously, in a rebuild there. They're 0-3 to start the season. Just lost to LAU last week. Have to face Oregon this weekend. And Jed Fish, he's a salesman, right? That's what college coaches are in a lot of ways. They're kind of salesmen to the recruits, to alums, to fans. And that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from Urban Meyer right now. Is He's trying to be a salesman. The, the Jaguars are going to be okay. It's only week two. Come on. Nobody's winning or losing the Super Bowl. It's week two. But we have a few more just general takeaways from Sunday that I would like to get into. And while we're on the topic of the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence seems like a good one that we can get into. Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, two guys who are off to obviously rough starts in their NFL careers through these opening two games, to the surprise of nobody. They, They had the Jets and the Jaguars had the first two picks in the NFL draft for a reason they're in a rough spot but Lawrence threw two games 450 yards four touchdowns five interceptions 50 percent completion percentage had an incredible opening possession yesterday but that was all she wrote um you look there at the offensive rookie of the year standings Mac Jones continues to lead the way he didn't really do anything yesterday but he didn't need to in the Patriots win and Zach Wilson all the way down there at 18 to one and and Wilson's numbers are strikingly similar to Lawrence's actually the two are tied for the league's most picks with five and Zach Wilson yesterday against the Pats at one point had four completions and four intercept he had as many intercept like that's crazy that he had as many completed passes to Patriots players as his own early in the game and Robert Sala said afterwards it's just it's Getting him confidence that it's okay to play a, poor, a boring game. Talking about checking the ball down to running backs at the line of scrimmage when you have to. He said he's as competitive as he comes, wants to win so badly, and sometimes you can win by being boring. So just, I, I feel for Zach Wilson. I've covered him a ton. He's he's that guy that we saw in the Potato Bowl in 2018. 18 for 18 in a single game. Remember, guys, if you want to stay up to date, On all of this stuff, download the free OddsTrader app to compare betting odds from licensed sportsbooks. Access injury reports, in-game action, and much more. Go to OddsTrader.com. Plenty more coming up here on My Guys in the Desert. Stay with us. This is VCID, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Listen to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network.
3: Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts. Including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to vCin.com data and analysis. You get everything vCN has to offer for only 22 bucks a month. You can sign up now at vCyn.com, slash subscribes. Welcome you back here on to My Guys in the Desert. Before the break, we were talking about Zach Wilson. And while he might be missing BYU a little bit, the Cougars don't seem to be missing him too much. Uh, 3-0 to start the season, ranked number 11 in the country and had one of the craziest things happen I've ever seen in the college football game. And it kind of just inspired me that we're going to go through a couple of our craziest college football moments from the weekend, starting with that BYU play. Quarterback Jaron Hall throws an interception. The interception starts to be run back and Tyler Algier, their running back, pounds this guy down. Tomahawk punches the ball out of his hands and Hall, who threw the interception, interception, hops back on. It just will, determination, gutsy play. Tyler Algier, by the way, the running back, was a, a former walk-on who's now turned into their feature back, top, uh, top running back in that system. Also played linebacker for a little while while uh, in his like, first or second year there with the Cougars. So he used some of those linebacking skills. It looked like easily one of the greatest plays that I've ever seen in person. Uh, Another one that we saw, Oklahoma. Oh, my goodness. And the Oklahoma-Nebraska rivalry featured maybe the most incredible interception I've seen, at least in recent memory. DJ Graham, ridiculous one-handed catch inside the team's five-yard line. I watched it back maybe 20 times and again a couple more times yesterday. And the funny part is Lincoln Riley said after the game, he almost challenged the play because it was fourth and 18. So if he didn't catch it, They would have had better field position. Sooner still got the win, so no worries. But, uh, oh, goodness, can you imagine? And the last one, USC quarterback Keaton Slovis gets hurt on Sunday, but instead of that situation turning from bad to worse, Jackson Dart was throwing darts. He's taken the country by storm, led the way to a dominant Spartans win over, over Washington State. And set a new program record in the process, 391 yards, the most ever by a Trojan quarterback in his debut. He didn't even start the game. Uh, Update on Slovis, though. He hurt his neck. X-rays come back negative. So after a performance like that, might see a little quarterback battle on our hands for the interim head coach to figure out. We shall see. Turning gears, though, from college football back to the NFL after such a busy Sunday. Time now to bring in Jimmy Vaccaro over at the South Point, who runs the books over there. And Jimmy, it was such a hectic day yesterday and an even more hectic night. So let's start there. How did you guys make out on the Sunday night game? Because looking at the splits, I'm sure you guys were crossing your fingers the entire time for the Ravens to handle business, and they did.
2: Well, first of all, young ladies, good to see you again. And yes, it was a real good weekend, uh, uh, Saturday and Sunday, for the a book here. So I would suggest that that was probably the answer everywhere in town, only because it seems like there's always a like, pile up on certain games, and uh, it it wound up being what I would consider uh, above average game. There wasn't like many. Big, big, huge decision, but decisions that we needed, we simply have gotten there. Uh, the biggest decision on Saturday was actually the Penn State-Auburn game. They couldn't stop betting Auburn here. They kept taking, we opened at six, we closed the game at four, but each time we'd take a relatively big bet on the uh, on the dog uh, with, the, with the plus there, uh, then that same amount of money was bet on the money line also with Auburn. So you talk about a game that was just simply, you know, great bets or whatever, it was our best bet was having Penn State win, and obviously, you saw the ending of that game, too. And, and Sunday, very simple. Um, our, our worst game was the, the Saint game. The best game for us was the 49er game. We just couldn't stop at all to have them, uh, you know, uh, bet uh, bet on the 49ers there. So that was good. And actually now what we're seeing right now is like simply a carryover. We don't need the Packers and over. We'd probably give around 25% of our win that we accumulated on Saturday and Sunday. So, uh, you know, we're just going to be rooting for anything than the the Packers and over.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah, both of them, right? Because that's what I was going to say. I feel like all of the money's got to be coming in on the Packers tonight. The Lions just – I mean, no love for those guys, right? It's tough.
2: No, there but you know what? Uh, you know, from our side of the Connor. I try to explain things to people at, at times. Like, it's not what it appears to be, and sometimes it's bigger than it appears to be also. Remember, let's go back to Thursday night uh, when uh, the game ended, like, basically what the one point was. From that particular point, you know, both sides of the, any teaser bet that we'd taken... It goes right to the next, uh, next big game, because here we have, no matter who you bet on Thursday with your teaser money, it's carrying over. And believe me, it's all carrying over tonight into the Packer game also. So we usually have to try to knock down one of those marquee teaser games. but like they went right through and not that they were uh, you know a big decision because the point spreads were so high, but like, uh, trust me, beside the 11, 11 and a half we're booking straight up, we'd still like to see uh, you know, the Packers lose the game and we could scoop up that teaser money.
3: Yeah, no question. And I mean, we talked about it last week when you were on the show. There wasn't really an adjustment despite Aaron Rodgers having such a brutal day last week that there's still understandably belief in in him and in in the Packers. And that's why you had to make that double-digit spread what it was. I've seen it some places all the way up to 12, not going down, but but getting higher for the Packers because so much money is coming in on them. Um, There were also, go ahead.
2: Well, basically, quickly, I'll tell you, like when you get teams like that, those high-powered marquee teams lose, it's not like that the, uh, the public comes and bets against them again. They bet more on the second one. Obviously, now with Buffalo as a prime example, there with the Jets. you know, So uh, they came back and they bet more on, on some of the teams that lost uh, with the overrated Sunday two weeks ago. And actually, uh, they bet more on their favorite teams, no matter what you put the points with. So the adjustments aren't as big as people thought they would be.
3: Well, I was one of those people just that continued betting my favorite team in the 49ers, so you're mad at me probably, too. I'm sorry, Jimmy.
2: <laughs> I'm on your side no matter what you do, kid. Believe me.
3: <laughs> Thanks. Hey, uh, a number of starting quarterbacks this week came down with injuries. Tua um, of the Dolphins, Dalton with the Bears, Wentz in the Colts, Tyrod Taylor with the Texans. Now we learn that Derek Carr's dealing with a little bit of an injury with the Raiders. How yeah. much um, are, are those players' potential losses factored into your guys' numbers?
2: Well, naturally, uh, depending on who they play this week, first of all, we would have to adjust a little bit uh, bigger if it was, you know, obviously playing a very bad team or a very good team. Uh, and what you're looking at, uh, uh, without really going crazy, a quarterback on a starting team, if they're out, generates uh, a point for a change of maybe like we, we, if a game was six, we might use a two. Uh, if, if it's like the Packers, you know, we're going to lay it even more. So anyway, anywhere from, you know, three to six, six and a half to seven is what the adjustment is on the starting quarterback playing or not playing in the game.
3: Maybe you can give us a little bit of insight um, continuing on that topic just into this week. Maybe what were some of the more challenging games to handicap to get those initial numbers on the board?
2: Well, first of all, it, again, it wasn't overwhelming, Stormy, but what you get, like everything else, is like you let the public drive you. In a sense, uh, you know, we talk about the smarts, the analytic guys, and all those things, which obviously are very, very important if you're utilizing trying to win money. But now on the other side of it, when you come to an NFL Sunday, the smarts don't dictate. It's the general public. So you watch that a lot closer. When I say a lot closer, you're not afraid of it, but you just want to understand where it's at and how much you want to give back on the other side. So like I said, uh, it's just, Sundays are absolutely incredible anymore, and each week gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and that's generated by the public uh, betting all over the world and the country and, uh, you know, us trying to stay ahead of the curve.
3: The NFL is certainly king, no question, Jimmy. I know a couple other teams that just had these close, stunning endings to games were, of course, the Cardinals. Uh-huh. Um, we had the big upset with uh, with Seattle losing to the Titans as well. What can you tell us about how the money was coming in on those two games?
2: Well, I can tell you this, uh, in, in general, it just keeps coming in anymore. So one thing that you would do, you know, way back when is what you would do now is like completely different. You know, getting back real quickly. Now, remember, when we're adjusting these things for the quarterbacks again, it's much different than, uh, let's even say as as good as uh, the kid played for the Ravens last night. If you took him out of the lineup, there would be a change, of probably three and a half to four points. But if you take a Tom Brady out of the lineup, now, now you're talking six and a half or seven, and going from there. So uh, you know, like I said, kid, this is more of uh, what it appears to be is not what it is at times. When you when you talk to people about the of uh, the new way of doing business, you talk about it in a lot of different ways. And from uh, from our side, is like controlling everything, understanding where things are at. Chris is constantly watching to see you know, where the money's coming in, not like where it's coming in everywhere else, what's coming in uh, as, you know, for us. We had one gentleman, uh, our biggest player of the weekend, he bet uh, seven games for $20,000 a game. He wound up being five and two, but of the games he played and he won, we needed his side on four of those sides. So sometimes what you see and the line changes that you get are not exactly what the book needs to A, to win or, or to lose.
3: That is really interesting. So one of the questions I was actually going to ask you was just what were maybe some of your biggest bets of the week, and you had numerous coming in from one guy, and they were on your side.
2: Yeah. Well, you know what? Like I said, we're not the biggest book in the world, but uh, for the proportion of money that we take, we take a pretty good hit on, on a lot of things. And so the biggest, uh, this gentleman, like I said, he bet seven games for 20000 each. Uh, I would rather have... That guy betting seven games for 20000 each as opposed to one game for $200,000. You don't want to make one decision like a win or lose for the day. But when you have a stretch out, even though he won, I'd welcome this guy and those guys like him to bet you a lot of money, but bet, giving you seven or eight decisions on to recover. And always remember, young lady, I'm sure your grandfather and your dad and everybody else told you, the 11 to 10 is on our side.
3: Love it. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Really appreciate you. All right, kid. That's Jimmy Vaccaro over at the South Point. When we come back, are they good? And Michael Lombardi joins the program. Stay with us on My Guys in the Desert. This is v B the Sports Betting Network.
0: This is My Guys in the Desert with
2: Stormy Bonantoni on V the sports betting network.
3: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. The Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh city are up and running, five new episodes every week. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get podcasts. Stormy Bon and Tony here on My Guys in the Desert. And something I wanna get into is there's a few 2-0 and teams in the NFL right now that I'm really questioning, are they good? So I wish we had that sound effect. Are they good? We're about to find out. Uh, my three teams that I'm questioning right now are the Carolina Panthers, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Broncos, all 2-0. And I'll pause for a couple question marks. but the panthers okay they just had their first win in new orleans since 2019 sharps jumped on that one by the way a lot of spark money coming in on the panthers late Two a no start for them matt rule i think is really building something they went from 40 to 1 odds to win the nfc all the way up to now 25 to 1. sam darnold yesterday 305 pass yards two touchdowns cmc what a difference maker that guy is over 100 yards and a touchdown dj moore getting more involved and the Panthers' defense, guys, giving up the fewest points in the NFL through those two games, might for 10 sacks and 21 quarterback hits. Although I will say week one, they beat the Jets. Week two is a Saints team that's coming off an emotional letdown. So are they good? I don't know. Next up, the Raiders erased a 14-point deficit against the Ravens on Monday Night Football. First time that's ever happened to a John Harbaugh-led Ravens team. Then that insane back-and-forth game this week. They travel across the country on a short week, beat the Steelers in their home opener. Um... Started 2-0 last year as well, I know, but these are a couple playoff teams now that the Raiders have beat, and the defense gives a real reason to be excited. Their odds to 18-1 to now, up from 40-1, to still the worst odds, though, to, to win the division. But that defense, through two games, contacting the quarterback on 31% of dropbacks, the highest rate in the NFL after ranking 29th in that a year ago, and then the Broncos uh, just beat the Jaguars. and uh, I don't know. I added them here because there's another team in the AFC with two wins right now. They are leading the AFC. Teddy Bridgewater, 328 yards, two touchdowns through two games. He's connecting on 73% of his passes. No pick, second best QBR in the league. Courtney Sutton, off to a really good start. Nine grabs, career high, 159 receiving yards the other night. So just two confidence boosting, efficient wins for the Broncos. Twenty to one odds, ten to one on DK. So bet MGM not giving them quite as much love, but that's up from twenty-five to one. Time now to bring in Michael Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM, host of the Lombardi Line and the GM Shuffle podcast, also one of my employees, according to Michael. (laughs) And you and your boy, Patrick, are you might have reason to fire you guys if you keep this up.
0: Well, we all work for you, Stormy. We all understand that. I mean, we all have accepted it. We've moved on. It's your network. We're happy to be a part of it. We want to make it successful. So, you know, we're here to help you. That's all it all takes, whatever you need
3: stop it I'm casually listening to the Lombardi line earlier today trying to soak in some of your incredible insight and then all I hear every time you guys come back from break is you making fun of me for a typo I know he's Bill Berman I know come on Uh, you
0: two have to work it out you two have to work it out I can only you know I mean I I mean he was very upset I I, you know try to calm him down but you know, I try to introduce you both on Twitter. Hopefully you can work it out with them and we'll go from there. I you hope we'll, I we'll hope we, from there.
3: I hope we can work it out. I'll try it to be I'll try to be a grown up and, and handle it. Bergman, hey.
0: Bergman is yeah, Bergman's doing good. He's he's <laughs> happy to hear it.
3: Oh, it's the worst. Hey, what do you think though of those teams I mentioned between the Panthers, Raiders and Broncos? Maybe who's the most legit? I know you might be a little biased though with some familial ties.
0: Well, I mean, look, I, I think the Panthers are good. You watch their defensive front, Stormy, and it's it's won two games for them. They just completely manhandled the New Orleans Saints up front. Uh, I mean, they were very good across the board. And Sam Darnold has played, other than one pass play, he's played really well. He's played under control. He's been smart. And as you said, McCaffrey back makes a huge difference to their offense. They've got really good skill players. Yeah. Their offensive line's played well in two games. So... I like when anytime a defensive line dominates a game, I don't think you have to look further and look, the Raiders have taken advantage of really, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line went into Buffalo played well. They didn't play well yesterday against the Raiders, the Raiders defensive front kind of controlled the game. I thought big Ben looked like he was 50 years old in the game. I didn't think he moved very well, you know, and I, I was a little concerned about him after week one. And then yesterday watching him, you know, I'm not sure he's going to be able to look good in December when it's really going to matter, but the Raiders took advantage of it, you know, without Devin Bush, and then they lose TJ Watt in the game. I think Derek Carr after two weeks is a conversation for the MVP of the league. He's thrown the ball really well. He's made all the throws. He's been, you know, and the one thing the Raiders can do now is they can get points. They'll put points on the board. They can score. They've got the ability to, and as long as the offensive line can stay uh, good, I I think they will. And then Denver to me has, I've often said this all offseason. Denver, if they had a quarterback play, Would have the same odds the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl because they're a good team. They're a complete team. Vic Fangio's schemes hard to play. It's hard to prepare for. I think you could just ask Trevor Lawrence about that after that game. So I think all three teams are really good, and I think you know this isn't a see you in September moment for both all three teams. I think the one thing I would say is they've got to continue to improve and they've got to stay consistent with their areas of weakness. Denver's got to get good play out of the quarterback. The Raiders got to get good play out of their their defense, and the Panthers got to continue to get good play on their offensive line.
3: One thing I want to follow up with you there on uh, the Raiders' Derek Carr. John Gruden said after the game, similarly, that he hopes that Carr finally starts getting some of the recognition that he's deserved. And then he had a little bit of an ankle injury during the game. He said after the game, it felt similar to when he broke it in 2018, but he pushed through and was okay. And then we found out today that he might be questionable for Sunday. Rudin thinks that he will play, but if this guy is able to stay healthy, you think he's a legit MVP candidate. I think that's worth noting.
0: You know, but based on the first two weeks of the season, I mean, you know, it's way too early, and you've yeah. got to continue to play well. That's what you got to do, Michael. You're played...
3: way too early rankings.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he's played really well, and they've protected him. He's made throws. I mean, you know, they're fortunate that, the, the, I, I think I think Baltimore made some huge mistakes in that game, but that's what happens in all these games. Teams make mistakes and the Raiders capitalized on it.
3: A number of starting quarterbacks went down yesterday too. Tua, Andy Dalton, Terod Taylor, Carson Wentz. Curious your thoughts on which injury might have the biggest consequence to their team the next month of the season.
0: Well, I, you know, Tua's injury is interesting. You know, it comes back, It's 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 not broken, although he looked like he was in severe pain. I mean, Brissett went in the game. I'm watching it now, and, and he did not play well. He kind of looked like he didn't get enough reps for the week, kind of was rusty. Uh, so, you know, if he, I think if Brian Flores knows too is questionable, I think you'll see Brissett in, in Las Vegas next weekend. I mean, Carson Wentz is frustrating as hell. I mean, here's a guy who turns the ball over too much. He's got durability issues, and I've defended him for years. I mean, in Philadelphia, they want to run him out of town all the time. They, they even monitor his play when he's not playing for them that's how much they dislike him as a person. And so, you know, but his demeanor and his inability to really make plays when he's moving around, he makes for a smart guy, he makes a lot of dumb plays and that's concerning his betters. I don't know how you can trust him. And I think that, you know, he's disappointing in the first two weeks without a doubt.
3: Well, before we get to your Monday night play, obviously Packers Lions playing tonight, what just your general final takeaways from Sunday? Some other things that really stood out to you.
0: I thought the officiating was really bad on Sunday. I, I mean, I thought Russell Wilson was a safety. I thought Julio Jones had a touchdown. I mean, that's the out game, John Hussey. I thought it was really bad, you know, and I think you could see through the through the league. Look, I, I think we're in September. We're still in the preseason. The Kansas City Chiefs didn't really didn't put a team away. They're up by 11 going in the fourth quarter you got to win that game. You know, they get three first downs in the third quarter against Baltimore. They only convert one third down in the in the quarter and Baltimore outscores them 12 to nothing. And they win the game. So, you know, uh, I, I think Kansas city, I think, I think the two things that jump out, Tampa's defense is not very good right now because they can't rush the pass here like they did last year. And the chief's defense is really bad. They're they're They were poor against Cleveland. They found a way to make a few plays and if their offense doesn't continue to score, and they have a quarter where they don't score, it's problematic.
3: Yeah, the Chiefs shouldn't have to score. Like It's great that they can, but they shouldn't have to score 30 points in order to be competitive in a game because their defense can't hold up. Tonight, uh, Michael Lombardi, Lions at the Packers. Packers laying anywhere from 11 to 12, um, depending on where you got it at. What's your play on this one? It seems like everybody's all in on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers having a bounce back tonight.
0: You know, I, I think it's always hard to beat a team by that many points. I think the one thing Detroit proved us in Week One was they can they can uh, get a lot of yards and, and and backdoor cover. I mean, they did it to the 49ers last mm-hmm. week. Uh, I'm not in love with Detroit. I think it's one of the slowest defenses in all of football. Uh, I think far I, I think Rodgers will have a really Favre like day today. I think he'll throw it. These corners they have two their two backup corners are college free agents uh, this year in 2021. So this is not a talented Detroit secondary, and they don't have great rushers. I expect Rodgers to have a good day. I just worry about a backdoor cover at 11. Goff was good last week when the pressure wasn't on him, and he could throw it and make plays. But this Detroit team is not very talented. It's not. Houston's a more talented team than Detroit.
3: Yeah, I hear you, Michael, especially with the way we saw Jared Goff and those garbage time touchdowns create that backdoor cover late last week week like you said against the 49ers thanks Michael I'll try to work it out with Bill thanks, Stephanie. I'll see what we so can thank do Thank I
0: appreciate you having me I really appreciate you having me thank you <laughs> thank
3: you talk to you later Michael it's Michael Lombardi of the Lombardi line when we come back my star performers of the week and Steve Buchanan of DraftKings keep it locked right here on my guys in the desert
0: My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN,
2: the sports betting network.
3: Make sure you download the free OddsTrader.com app to compare betting odds from licensed sports books. You can access injury reports, in-game action, and much more. Make sure you go to OddsTrader.com. Stormy Bonantoni here on My Guys in the Desert. Had a couple news items that came in while we were in commercial break. Sports Talk 790 reported, uh, Aaron Wilson reported, that the Texans quarterback, Gerard Taylor, Could miss up to four games with that hamstring that we told you about earlier. um, Occurred on that touchdown during the Browns game. The next four games for them, by the way, Panthers on Thursday night football this week. Then at the Bills, Patriots visit the Texans. And then at the Colts, something to keep an eye on. Their backup quarterback, Davis Mills, came in for a little while the other day. Another news item, Zach Ertz, his status for the Eagles uh, this week three. Showdown against their rival, the Dallas Cowboys, is in question. it's tested positive for COVID-19, according to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. Um, he's on the COVID list. Earth is vaccinated. So if he is unsymptomatic because he's vaccinated, there's a chance that he has two negative tests within a 24-hour period. He could still play. But obviously, that's very TBD. That's just how the rules work in the NFL. So keep an eye on all of that. Time to get to our stars of Week Two. We're calling them Stormy Stars. My star, my number one star, and not that these are in no particular order. But what an outing for the Titans! Derrick Henry spearheaded a ferocious comeback for the Titans against Seattle, and it was a very forgettable first half for the entire team. But then, from 35 yards and 13 carries in the first half, down 24 to nine, in the second half, plus Henry has. 22 carries for 149 yards and three touchdowns. I think his performance woke up the entire team, and it wasn't just the big plays, but the timeliness of the plays, because after Seattle took that 30-16 lead in the fourth quarter, broke out for a 60-yard touchdown to close the gap, get the Titans in in striking distance, ultimately win it in overtime, 33-30. Incredible outing for Derrick Henry. What a bounce back from week one. Also, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay. He is the oldest player in NFL history to lead the league in touchdown passes in two weeks. Had five of them yesterday, two of them to Gronk, who was just sitting his little tail on a couch a couple years ago. Five touchdowns in one game tied Dan Marino now for the second longest streak of consecutive regular season games with at least four dating back to last season. There's some concern about the Bucs. It's only on the defensive side. They allowed 451 yards in week one, 348 in week two. Next two games will be fun on the road at the Rams, and then they go to Foxborough. Should be, should be exciting stuff. And then my third star of the week, I never in a million years thought that I would be giving props to the Cowboys defense, defense but hello, Micah Parsons. Uh, Cowboys forced to play without Demarcus Lawrence, who had a broken foot at practice this week, also without Randy Gregory. He switches positions from inside linebacker to off the edge in just his second career game and delivered consistent pressure all day. First career sack, two tackles, eight pressures. Cowboys win, defense came up huge. And uh, they won the game scoring just 20 points. They had lost 17 straight when held under 30 points before that. Heck of a day. Time now to bring in Steve Buchanan, DraftKings analyst, because we've got a lot of Monday Night Football to talk today. That's what the people want to know because that's what's the betting on the docket. And I hear you're my guy for some insight on good props. Can you help us out?
1: We can absolutely help you out. That's what we're here to do.
3: Awesome. Well, how much do those just those individual performances like that get you excited for what's possible to come tonight?
1: Yeah, look, you know, you know we obviously have a huge spread in this game right now. The Packers are 11 and a half point favorites in this one. And obviously the public doesn't really care after that 38 to three loss against the Saints when they were, by the way, three and a half point favorites in this one, 55 percent of the handle. of the bets are on the Packers to cover. And honestly, it has a lot to do with, I think, how Aaron Rodgers has performed after a loss in his career. After not covering the spread, he's 43, excuse me, 44, 23, and 1. This is the bounce back spot. I think he does it here against the Lions team, who coming into this season had an over-under win total projected at 5.5 wins. I think that was uh, something that we're going to see again, another loss here to the Packers.
3: Yeah, you gave that bounce back spot for Rodgers and specifically in his time under Matt LaFleur 6-0, and so definitely can understand why there's reason. And I believe the Packers are four, uh, have won their last four straight against Detroit as well. So if he does have that bounce box back, could be a good day for the Packers. Uh, I believe in terms, do you have any play on his props? Or are you sticking with Jared Goff in terms of maybe an option for tonight?
1: I think Jared Goff has some really interesting props tonight because at least if you're if you're going by how the spread is, the Packers should be ahead by a lot. They have over 35 and a half pass attempts on the DraftKings Sportsbook at minus 105 for the over. This is coming off a week where he threw the ball 57 <laughs> times last week against the 49ers. And that's the game where they were nine and a half point underdogs. So same scenario now, but now they're double digit underdogs according to the spread. So we're basically being asked, to have him throw 21 less times for the over to hit, I will absolutely take the over on that one. Jared Goff should be throwing the ball a lot once again, like he did in week one. So love taking that 30 over 35 and a half uh, pass attempts.
3: Any particular reason why you're maybe staying away from Aaron Rodgers on that one?
1: Yeah, so honestly, if they're going to be going up big in this one, this is obviously a scenario where Aaron Rodgers won't need to throw the ball as much. He can hand it off to someone like Aaron Jones. had a very quiet week last week. We look to see him getting back into that as well. But with how the game script is likely going to go, Jared Goff's probably the safer bet to take the over on his pass attempts.
3: Okay, so no play on Aaron Rodgers, but I do see that you like Devontae Adams over seven and a half receptions. Had a quiet season opener the other day. Um, And after a year where he led the NFL in touchdowns and per game yardage last season, you think that there could be a play for Devontae Adams?
1: Yeah, taking him over seven and a half receptions. Last season, he went over this total six times. Now, the plan for the Lions is that they're going to rotate corners against him. I mean, that's all well and good, but nobody is able to defend against Devontae Adams. In this secondary last week against the 49ers, allow Debo Samuel to go for 189 yards mm-hmm. on nine receptions. If someone like Debo Samuel can do that and no disrespect to him, but Devontae Adams is that elite talent there. He's also going to be seeing a rookie corner when he travels to the slot, something he did 35% of the snaps in week one in AJ Parker. I just think AJ Parker is not going to be any match for Devontae Adams. When Aaron Rodgers needs a pass to be caught, who's the guy he always goes to Devontae Adams like him over seven and a half receptions today.
3: Yeah, no question. Just five catches on seven targets last week, but over the uh, over the seven and a half today, his yards prop, by the way, for anybody who's interested, 89 and a half. And uh, yeah, you mentioned him being the go-to target. He was always my go-to last year for an anytime TD or even first touchdown scorer in a game. Yes. Any of those props that stand out to you in the Monday night football matchup?
1: There's a really interesting one with Jamal Williams over with the Lions. And any touchdown for him is plus 250. You might be wondering, why would you go with Jamal Williams? Jared Goff, in those 57 times he threw the ball last week, 20 of them went to his running backs Williams had nine of those targets and once again going back to that game script which I think is so important when you're talking about these player props they're going to need to throw the ball some quick check downs to someone like Jamal Williams or DeAndre Swift who is coming into this game questionable he did have a full practice on saturday so expected to go, but Jamal Williams you know, obviously we saw him do this before he can get in the end zone with some of those check downs there. Uh, I just like where this is headed here. Last season against running backs, Green Bay Packers allowed an 81.5% catch rate to targets to opposing running backs. That was the third highest mark in the league. So I think that sets up well for some like Jamal, uh, uh, Jamal Williams get some plus money on that as well
3: yep that anytime touchdown plus 250 and and what i like about him so obviously he's a former packer he was asked um in his media availability right. this week if he would want to do a lambo leap if he were to get in the end zone and he said like i hope i score one so that i can find some lions fans and do so like that how cool would that be
1: that, it would be cool it wouldn't be cool for packers fans but it'd be no. cool for williams for himself
3: yeah he kind of <laughs> joked too that it was like an ex-girlfriend like going to visit an ex-girlfriend Good stuff. Um, Absolutely. So, okay, last last chance, though. Anything else that you think that fans should be aware of going into this Monday night football matchup? All eyes are going to be on Packers-Lions tonight. What do we need to know?
1: Yeah, one thing I think is, is worth taking a look at is the over 55.5 receiver in yards for T.J. Hawkinson. Jared Goff was going to him a lot in week one, and it's not a great matchup for him. The Packers have been a tough team against opposing tight ends. Last season uh, uh, held them to an average of 42.5 yards per game, but Hawkinson ran around on 80% of his snaps last week, averaged 12.1 yards per reception when the ball got into his hands. He already seems like that's going to be the guy Jared Goff is going to go to, once again, massive underdogs in this one. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. So someone like TJ Hawkinson, who really is one of those guys like like a Kyle Pitts, like a uh, Travis Kelsey, who can just rumble down the field when he has the ball. Over 55.5 just feels like a little bit too low. So like the over on that one as well.
3: We're liking all the overs. This is awesome. Thank you so much, Steve. I appreciate you coming on. We'll have to do this more, okay?
1: Appreciate it. Thanks so much.
3: Thank you. That's Steve Buchanan, DraftKings analyst, and great stuff there. So make sure, once again, just to recap some of those final picks. Jared Goff, over 35 and a half pass attempts. He has TJ Hawkinson, over 55 and a half receiving yards. Devontae Adams, over seven and a half receptions. And Jamal Williams, anytime TD, getting that plus money. One of my picks tonight is I like the under on this. I'm kind of not sure how I feel about it right now. I bet it, though. Rolling with the under people. Monday Night Football. Packers favored by 11 and a half. Um, Going to be a fun one tonight on Monday Night Football. Coming up, Rush Hour. Danny Burke on the other side. This is Veasan, the sports betting
1: network.